from the Jack and Joan Stratter Studio in beautiful CCM at the University of Cincinnati. It's the Dennis Daniel Show. Tonight's guest, voice actress Tiffany Grant. And your announcer, me, Belle Dandy. And now, here's your host. He is the 2011 BearCast Lifetime Achievement Award winner, Mr. Dennis Daniel. hopped into your Evangelion and piloted over to BearCastRadio.com's greatest talk show segment, The Dennis Daniel Show. I am your host. I'm kind of like a like an Evangelion piloter, if you will. I pilot this big radio thing going out busting up angels. And BearCast Radio's first ever recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award, Dennis Daniel. Of course, give it up. She is the Ray Ayanami to my Oscar Langley Bell Dandy. Well, thank you guys for coming here. It's uh, been a crazy week here in Cincinnati. Uh, uh, weather last two days, uh, man, it hit the hundreds, and whew, I am so glad that my Ava plug suit is at the cleaners. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't have a plug suit. But if I did, it'd probably be white. Or would it be red? If I had one, it'd definitely be white or red. Well, not red. Red's the uh. Well, aren't, aren't they both worn by girls? Uh, that wouldn't be purple. No, that wouldn't be purple. That would be about a white, bluish mixture like Shinji has. Anyway, folks, we continue the summer of bigger, biggerness two, 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 two. And the road to Otakon with another wonderful edition of the Dennis Daniel Show. And I am excited about tonight's show, kids, because tonight on the Dennis Daniel Show, we have got voice acting great. Tiffany Grant. Now, for those of you who don't know who Tiffany Grant is, she's best known as Oscar Langley in the classic Neon Genesis Evangelion. You know, for a long time, I thought that was Evangelion. Like, like an evangelist? But apparently, it's Evangelion. You learn something new every day, kids. She's also, and this is one of my personal favorites, Calrin from the hilarious Azumanga Daio, which is one of the earliest anime that I can remember seeing. And her character, Calrin, is a... Uh, how do we describe this without offending? Um, we'll talk more about that later on in the show. Now, back to Tiffany Grant. Tiffany Grant has been around for quite some time now, and she has established herself in the industry as one of the prominent voice actresses in the world of anime. I mean, Asuka Langley is a classic character. Bit of a B-word, but still a classic character. And I wanted to remind everyone that here on the Disney Show, there's nothing in our budget for subtitles. So if you hear some German, you're going to have to go ahead and uh, translate it yourself. Because I am not a linguist. We can't afford those. This is a free show for Pete's sake. What do you want? 
But anyway, you know, she's worked for several major companies, including the defunct ADV and Funimation. And she even starred in the newest movie, Evangelion 2.0, You Cannot Advance. Now, I see that title, and not is in um, parentheses. So I, I don't see that first right hand. So I see, you can advance. All right, I can advance. Not. Crap! I got to read faster. So I cannot advance. Or can I? I can advance if I want to. Screw you, you cannot advance. Of course, she's also known as uh, Rithli Charon in the brand new Book of Bantora, which is weird because I tried to check out the Book of Bantora from my library. Had no idea what I was talking about. And so much for getting knowledge at your local library. And she's also Bodakun from Full Metal Panic Fumofu. And that's a pretty cool character because it was um, Sosuke Sagara, and he was in this, like, gerbil costume. And all it said was, Fumofu! What's Fumofu? Is that some kind of a German word? Is that some kind of a battle cry? And of course, this is actually pretty funny. She's Marta in Fullmetal Alchemist, and here's why it's funny. I met Tiffany Grant a couple of years ago at OhioCon, and when she was signing my my book, she signed it, Dennis, Beware the Fuhrer. I'm like, Beware the Fuhrer? What, what did he do? Did he rip the tag off the pillow that says, Do not remove under penalty of law? Did he jaywalk down a busy street? I'm like, oh, wait, I get it. He saved 15% or more on his car insurance by switching to Geico. But she has been in so many great shows that I can't do justice talking about. So let's uh, take a quick listen and what makes Tiffany so special. Thermal expansion? Oh, man, that's kid stuff. To put it in terms you'll understand, most things expand when they get hot and contract when they get cold. Well, it sounds simple enough. Look, if I were to warm up my breasts with my hands, do you think they'd grow bigger or smaller? I don't know. I don't think about things like that. Such a boring little boy. Doesn't it, Kazuki? How many times have I told you not to get close to Kuriko? Yet the minute I turn my back, 
And to think I almost made it that time. But how did Yuna even know that he was up here in the first place? But anyway, Tiffany Grant, aside from voice acting, she's also done ADR work. And, of course, has written for several shows, including Comic Party Revolution, Fire Emblem, Maburajo, which she's also in, by the way, so she did double duty in that, and even wrote for a Neon Genesis movie. And, of course, that's totally cool because she, see, she's a total package. And she's a legend in the anime industry. Because everyone remembers Asuka. I mean, you know, after hearing that, uh, Demoreal, kind of hard not to. <laughs> but anyway, I am getting quite full of myself, so let's go ahead and get right down to this. My guest tonight is a very, very accomplished voice actress who's best known as Oscar Langley from the classic Neon Genesis Evangelion. And, of course, my personal favorite, Cal Ren from Azumagadayo. And hopefully we'll uh, learn a little bit more about those two characters, along with the cavalcade of characters she has done over her extensive career in voice acting. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up. She is the one, the only Miss Tiffany Graham. Thank you, and welcome to this annual show. Thank you. How you doing? <laughs> All right. Good, fantastic. And, of course, i got to say thank you again for being on the show. Again, I am a huge fan of your work. Of course, Azumanga Dayo, I would always watch in high school on the Anime Network On Demand and just and to see the reactions that Calrin got. Just you know, I, I didn't, at that age, I didn't know what was going on. I, I was a bit stupid as a high school student. Not like much has changed anyway, but it's, it's, it's really cool how you can portray that kind of character. It was a very funny show, and I was, I was really happy to get to work on it. I, I love that show. I remember at OhioCon a couple of years ago, I, I met you, and I took a picture with you, and as, as, the, as your picture's taking, you go, Miss Sakaki is totally the coolest. And I'm like, huh? And I turn, and there's a photo now. I'm looking, I'm looking at you while the picture's being taken. <laughs> it's, just so, it's so hilarious. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, what got you interested in voice acting? Well, I, I think just as an actor, that was an area that always piqued my interest. I can remember, uh, even as a little kid, being really interested in uh, different characterizations, the pitch of people's voices, different accents. I was just always fascinated with any kind of a vocal performance, radio, cartoons, anything like that. So I just, I don't know, just an innate interest that I had and that coupled with being an actor, there you go. Hmm. Yeah, short, sweet, to the point. And that's, hey, it starts with a love and a passion. And that mm -hmm. evolves into a career. And, again, like I said, you've, you've blazed a, a really impressive career. Um, so do you have any kind of education in acting? Uh, yeah, sure. I studied acting in, uh, in going up through school into, you know, middle school, high school, college, and uh, then after that, uh, studying with various acting schools and acting coaches. So, yes, I do. <laughs> Awesomeness. So, BearCastRadio.com, this is Dennis Daniel Show. We've got Tiffany Grant on the air, best known as Oscar Langley from Neon Genesis Evangelion. 
So how do you prepare to audition for a role? Um, well, I'm going to assume that you're asking me about auditioning for specifically an anime voice acting uh, audition. Yep. You know, uh, there's really not a lot of preparation because it's voiceover, so the script is right there, and uh, you can see it. There's the, the monitor is in the, the booth where you're auditioning. So there's really not a lot of preparation. I mean, a lot of the times... Um, you know, if you're going into the studio, you don't really even know what you're auditioning for. If I'm auditioning at home, all of the materials are sent to me, like a synopsis of the show, a little uh, synopsis about each of the characters that I might be reading for, and a few lines of their dialogue. And, you know, I might do a little research about the show if, if there's something that's not clear to me, but that's, that's pretty much it. There's not a lot of... Uh, I'm not really that much preparation that goes into it because of it because of it being voiceover work. Yeah, that's that's the thing about being a voice actor when you audition. You can't see sometimes. Well, sometimes you can, but most of the time you don't see the character that you're portraying, so you can't get a real mental image of what you see and what you want the character to sound like. So a lot of this is just is on the spot. You got to wing it. And of course, um, well, I've, I've never auditioned for anything where I didn't see the character. I know. Well, we've spoken to several voice actors who are traditional animation, anime. It varies. I've seen a varying pattern in in mm -hmm. what it's like to voice for. Right. Well, when I when I've auditioned for something like I've just done a couple of video games, but usually they'll even at least have a drawing of them. So usually there'll be a drawing of of what you're auditioning for and. Like I said, if it's something that I'm auditioning, auditioning for at home, like when I audition for Funimation, they don't make me drive there because it's about 270 miles. So I get, you know, I have a, a picture of the character, basically. And if I'm auditioning for something in person, well, then, you know, I get to see the, the scene that I'm reading for before I do the audition. So, um yeah, luckily I get to see the character, and just seeing the character really informs me a lot about who that who that person is, a person or thing or whatever it is that I'm reading for. Well, hey, the picture helps you get ready for the voice, and, I, and I, like I said, you've had some unique characters you work with. You've done everything from schoolgirls to Chimera, even a dog named Potato. Even a dog named Potato, and as you mentioned earlier, the big uh, hamster suit thing, uh, Bone Tacoon. Bone Tacoon. Little Panic Samofu, yeah. Jack, he's just a suit, but he, he talks somehow. Yeah, I've, I, I was trying to figure that out myself. If Sosuke is in it, then right. how does then it... Right, then why doesn't it just sound like Chris Patton? I don't know that. I don't know. I was just happy to have the job because it was great, and I didn't have to match any lip flaps. And you only have to say one word. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, I mean, the full thing was, but sometimes there was just a female, and sometimes there was just a two. So, yeah, basically one word with little variations therein. Did you ever figure out what FOMOFU means? Nope. Nope, not at all. Although there is a terrific scene that I did with, Lucy Christian, where she is translating what Bonacoon is saying, and she actually recorded her dialogue before I recorded mine. So I would listen to what she said, like how she delivered her line, 
and then I would try to make my Formosans mean what she just said, even though technically Bondacoon was speaking first. It's a reversed translation, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, Famofu, the anime industry's what? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, one of your best-known roles is Asuka Langley Soryu from the classic Neon Genesis Evangelion. How did you audition for the role, and what do you think of her character? I never auditioned for the role of Asuka. Um, I just apparently am Asuka, so I never auditioned for that part. In fact, I didn't even know that auditions were happening for Evangelion. I didn't know anything about it at all. Um, and I became aware that they were working on the show. And back in those days, um, it, the shows were being released on videotape. And there would be two episodes per tape. So that's how many we would do at one time. That's how many would be in production, would be two episodes. So Asuka is not introduced until the eighth episode. So if you do the math, that's three recording sessions that happened before I ever got in the booth for Evangelion. In the meantime, I'm starting to hear this buzz, like, oh, there's some really hot new show, and they're working on it, and uh, and I'm thinking, well, 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 why am I not in on this deal, you know? So I went to see the director, Matt Greenfield. I went in his office. I'm like, well, you know, what's what's up with this show? Can I... Can I come in and, uh, you know, maybe do some background parts for this? Or something? Yeah, how come, you know, I'm not getting anything on the show? And he had on top of a filing cabinet a Gamera figure. And Gamera's arms are outstretched like raw, you know, he's holding them up. And sort of tucked under each of Gamera's arms, on one side there's a ray, and on the other side there's an Oscar. And he points to this and he goes, See that one in the red right there? That's you. And I said, oh, okay. And uh, and he told me, no, I absolutely couldn't do any bit parts or background roles in the you know earlier episodes. I had to wait until my character came in, and he said something like, oh, you know, she's a major character. And I thought, oh, yeah, how, how big of a deal can she be if she's not even in it until the eighth episode, right? So... Um, uh, you know, little did I know the future that lay before me with Evangelion at that time. But uh, unbeknownst to me, what was going on prior to this was that when, when ADV first got the rights to do the English version of Evangelion, uh, back in those days, they would do these screenings when they got new shows. They would screen them just in Japanese. And uh, people who worked at ADV, I've never been an employee of ADV, but they would screen them for the people who were employees, and they would watch all the new shows as they came in. And uh, people were really excited about Evangelion and uh, were already beginning to become fans of the show. And as they watched it, people just kept coming into Matt's office and saying, oh, so Tiffany's playing Oscar, right? And uh, then I don't know if it was before or after I got cast in the part that somebody, that Matt realized that I speak German. So uh, just, I guess, my basic personality and also the fact at the time that I had been voice acting for about three years already and I spoke German, I don't know, it was just 
preordained. So that is the answer. I never auditioned uh, for the part of Oscar, although I do understand that pretty much everyone else in the cast auditioned. Um, and and in the case, for example, of like Amanda Wynn playing Ray Ayanami and Spike Spencer playing Shinji Akari, in real life, these are both so radically dissimilar from those characters. So it, it's very evident that you would want them to audition for those parts. But And Amanda never even wanted to be Ray. She wanted to be Sato. And Matt just kept telling her, no, no, you want to play Ray Hayami. Trust me on this. And, and that uh, decision has actually served her very well. Oh, yeah, I could not see anyone else play uh, Ray, even though she is kind of a Debbie Downer. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you can actually see someone else playing Ray, because if you watch um, the Ava 1.0 and 2.0 movies, uh, the role is voiced by Brina Palencia. Hmm. So, yes, you can. <laughs> but uh, but to not have to audition and get a, a character that would become an iconic staple in the anime industry, it's like Alberto Del Rio says, it was your destiny. To play Oscar yes, it basically was my destiny. And, you know, back in high school when I was taking German, my mom said, oh, I wish you would take something more practical. When is that ever going to be useful? Huh? <laughs> and look, Mom, it was. Yeah, bet you were laughing to the bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it did, yeah, that worked out very well, my decision to take German. So what do you think of Oscar's character? Because I kind of see a, a narcissistic Ego maniacal crazy chick. In other words, my type. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what do you think of her character? Well, I mean, she's she's very complex. First of all, she's a teenager. I mean, she's only fourteen years old, and uh, life is rough enough when you're fourteen with all the crazy stuff, puberty, and high school, and everything else like that, without having to go through oh, I don't know, having the fate of the world resting on your shoulders and uh, her having found her mother's lifeless body hanging from the ceiling, um, you know, the distant father. She's had a, a very, very tough life. So I just see her as being very insulated, that she's trying to protect herself and her feelings and at the same time, wanting to really prove herself, maybe to her father, not just for herself, really, but I think for her father to show him, you know, well, look, you know, you didn't you didn't take care of me, you didn't live up to your responsibilities, but, but look at what I can do. I'm special. I'm important. She's so running around talking like it is. Yeah. So I, th- I think that she is, like like all of them, everyone in Ava, not just the kids, but everyone in Ava, they're very damaged. They're very damaged people. And uh, I, I feel that it's my responsibility to, to take care of her in that respect. Yeah. Evangelion was kind of a, you know, kind of a, a messed up show. Because, and yeah. by the way, spoiler alert, at the end, everyone applauses when Shinji has this, like, mental breakdown and i'm like well he didn't have a mental breakdown i mean he he evolved to the next plane of existence he achieved instrumentality (laughs) that's well 
I what I saw was a mental breakdown. That, that's, that's what I saw. People, it just it's you know that that was just some kind of Mickey Mouse nonsense there. I mean, it's still classic. There are still some funny scenes in there. Of course, like the thermal expansion episode. That, I, still, I was very surprised that you played that clip actually, but yeah, that's that was a very funny thing. Well, it was either that or the scene where she's yelling that because she, she can't go on the school trip, and I I, I couldn't predict. I, I wanted to get the part where she's trying the plug suit and she blows up like a balloon, eh, but I couldn't find that clip in time. Darn it. And that's okay. And uh, my contribution to that scene was saying uh, in German that uh, I look like an Oompa Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, that German does really come in handy, doesn't it? It does, in fact. <laughs> I know nothing in German except for Hogan! That's stupid, Jackson. BearCastRadio.com, this is the Daniel Show. We have got Tiffany Grant on the air, best known as Oscar Langley from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Now, you've also worked on several Evangelion movies, including Death and Rebirth and the end of Evangelion. What was it like to voice for the movies and even reprising your role as Asuka in 2009 with the release of Evangelion 2.0? You cannot advance. Well, to me, um, you know, continuing to reprise the role of Asuka over and over, it's a very comfortable thing for me. I, uh, I guess because of that whole part of my destiny. But I, I'm very comfortable playing the role of Oscar, and you know I'm looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully, that opportunity to get to do that again. But it, it was great. I mean, it's certainly the most well-known, iconic role that I've had the opportunity to portray, so uh, I, I I just, I really enjoy stepping into that world. It was, Even though it can be very dark and depressing. I mean, I know that. I know that. Well, so. no, 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 no. Not just dark and depressing, condescending as well, because she picks on Shinji like it's going out of style. Oh, yeah, she definitely picks on Shinji. I mean, he has it coming, really, but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she does. Does. That's, that's terrible. You know, no, I wouldn't pick on a guy who had it coming just because I feel bad about my life. Yeah, well, I, you know, they're teenagers, and I can remember when I, you know, specifically if you're talking uh, still about the movies, you know, an end of Evangelion. I was, boy, the first time I saw it, I was absolutely just shaking with rage. I was so angry with Shinji that he's just cowering over in a corner and and not helping Asuka, who's trying to fight off all those uh, Ava production units, you know, by herself. And, and he's just over there, oh, wah, oh, my life is sad, oh, boo-hoo. But get up off your ass and come help me, you stupid wimp. So, yeah, yeah, he does kind of have it coming sometimes, really. He does. Leave Shinji alone, Oscar. He did nothing wrong. He did nothing. That that's that's it right there. He did nothing. Gosh. So Oscar, why do you know leave Shinji alone? (laughs) 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 Oh boy. You wanted to talk to me, so you're gonna get the Oscar version. Oh nice. (laughs) Again, remember, nothing in the budget for subtitles. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll do something like that a little late, a little near the end of the show. Now, unlike many voice actors, and this is actually super duper cool, you have embraced the character outside of doing the voice of Asuka and have even been seen at conventions dressed up as her. What brought this about? 
That is a really crazy, crazy story. Back when I first started doing conventions, I, uh, I, did, I did one convention back in 1997, and right around that time, I met this very nice family who lived in Houston at the time where I lived, and I, uh, I was talking with this kid, and he said, hey, if I made you a plug suit, would you wear it? And I said, oh, sure. I mean, I didn't think in a million years that this kid is going to make me a plug suit. And he was uh, 14. He had an identical twin brother. This was uh, John and Andrew Weil. And they did. Well, the truth is their mother, who's a very highly accomplished seamstress, she made the plug suit and they helped. But... How they convinced their mother to make this strange woman a plug suit. It's crazy. I mean, they bought all the materials. They did the sewing. And she said that she dyed the fabric several times to get it just the perfect shade of red. And uh, I mean, it's incredible. But they made it for me. And since they made it for me, I kind of felt obligated to wear it. And it was very cool. And uh, so I did. And... I wore that at just pretty much every convention I went to for years, and I later ended up getting the um, school uniform. That was already made. I bought that at a convention, you know, just a pre-made costume. And uh, in between those two events, uh, there was um, uh, this couple of girls on the East Coast that used to be really famous in the convention scene back in the late 90s, early 2000s, Amy and Carolina, and they were big cosplayers. And they decided that I needed to have a costume for Chocolate Misu, who was one of the lead characters in Sorcerer Hunter. So they made me a costume, and so they made me a costume, and I started wearing it to conventions. And, um, yeah, I did that for several years, and not... I mean, I, some other voice actors have done it since then, but uh, at least as far as American voice actors, I, I'm pretty sure I was the first one doing that at conventions. Um, well, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think I am. Well, I, I think you are, because I, I have seen photos of uh, voice actor Scott McNeil, a very popular Canadian voice actor. He's dressed as, as his trademark character, Koga, from Inuyasha. So I think I think you have started this now. I I'm gonna say this once. I've said it once. I'll say it again. I can't do a plug suit, Tiffany. I just haven't got the body for it because you put me in one of those things, it'll be a disaster waiting to happen. I'll look like a Thanksgiving Day parade float and just all that skin tightness. There are just some things that Dennis P. Daniel was not meant for, and one of those is wearing a plug suit. Yeah. Well, I I can sympathize with you. They're not very forgiving. Mine happens to be made out of a very comfortable primarily cotton with a bit of lycra material, so at least it's very breathable. You know, I see a lot of people, man, I, I've hundreds if not thousands over the years I've seen people in various plug suits at different conventions, and a lot of them are made out of leather or pleather or vinyl or some sort of not-so-breathable type of material, and they look very, very hot to me. Well, have you seen her uh, brand new plug suit? It, it, it's it's kind of like yeah. some kind of liquidy thingy, and it, it, it's, yeah. she's got these little little bolts in there. Very, it's very fan servicey, and uh, you know, I think 
primarily created for the purpose of selling figures. <laughs> yeah, you sick bastards. <laughs> yep. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, these kids today in their plug suits. I don't know what the world's I coming know. to. Now, aside from voice acting, you've also worked as an ADR scriptwriter for several series, including Comic Party Revolution, Maburaho, which, by the way, you star in, of course, mm-hmm. and Angelic Lair. What is it like going from ADR writing to voice acting, and do you prefer one over the other? Um, yes, like I did write all three of those ones that you mentioned. I also played a major character in all of those shows, and I've written a, a lot of others as well. Um, the writing part is very, it's a very interesting and different thing. It is very challenging. Uh, I do really prefer the voice acting to script adaptation just because of the tedious nature of the work. It's very time consuming and challenging and can be a little mind numbing at times. But, you know, it also, conversely, can be a rewarding thing. The very first script writing work that I did as far as, well, I did, started doing dub scripts back in about 1995. I mean, subtitle scripts. But as far as dub scripts, I wrote all of the German dialogues for Asuka in the Ava TV series, and then in, uh, of course, in Death and Rebirth and in Evangelion. So that was my, my little first bit of uh, script writing that I did. But of course, most of the German was was pretty short. Uh, did, didn't take really a long time to write that. But, uh, yeah, Angelic Layer was the very first TV series that I wrote the script for. And I do enjoy it. The last thing that I did script for was Infinite Stratos. Um, you didn't mention it, but, well, you did mention Book of Ventura, but I've done uh, at least about 14 shows now for Sentai Filmworks. Um, and you didn't really mention them, so I'm getting a plug in there for Sentai Filmwork. Hey, go right ahead. T- plug it all you want. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, I thought you were plugging. <laughs> Oops. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are there any new series that you're working on that you can tell us about? Aha, uh-huh. there you go. That's That would be the good question if we write into more plugging. Uh, well, you mentioned Book of Vantora, and the first half of that has been released. I believe that's a 26-episode TV series. And uh, the first half of that has been released. And uh, Infinite Stratos, which I just mentioned, that's a 13-episode TV series, and that has uh, come out in the last uh, month or so. And there was EF, there's two, the two EF series, A Tale of Memories and A Tale of Melodies, and those both came out just within the past couple of weeks. And then uh, Plan Zet, which is a feature film, which is this really cool-looking um CGI. I've never done that before. It's where the, the people look almost real. It's very cool. And uh, I did work on a new show last week, but I don't think that one has been announced yet. So I will have to hold off on saying anything about that. And Aww. as far as um, Ava 3.0, I don't know anything yet. So I can't really comment on that because I don't know anything about it at this point. Ava 3.0, now with pop-up blocker. Yeah, don't know uh, yet. <laughs> those all sound like some pretty good shows. And, uh, of course, I've seen a, a couple clips of the Book of Cantora. It, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. Now, don't go to your local library asking for the Book of Cantora uh, because cause you'll, they'll look at you like you've got problems. 
Yeah, but the but the book of Bandora is about a library and a group of armed librarians, so there that's close. There is a tie-in. Wow. You know, a lot of libraries do carry anime, though, so. You never know. If you're lucky, maybe your library will get it. Oh, we all. Oh, of course, there are several libraries in the Cincinnati area, so go and check out the Public Library of Cincinnati and Hamilton County. You know something? I attended a little one-day anime convention a few years ago in Ohio, and it was at a library in Fairfield. No way. Way. Gosh, where was I when that happened? Oh, I don't know. I think this was in... Uh, 2008, possibly. Ooh, 2008. That's a while back. Ooh. Yeah. Can't remember that far. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't help you, but uh, once you just hop in your your time machine and. <laughs> well, I, I got the flux capacitor app on my iPhone, but I haven't got yeah. the 1.21 gigawatts, Marty. Sorry, sorry. Again, craziness. <laughs> okay. Anyway, are there any conventions you'll be attending in the near future? Uh, yeah, actually, in just about three weeks, I am going to be at Anime Southeast, and that's in Tennessee. It's in Sevierville, technically, but I believe that's near Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, so that is my next one that's coming up. And uh, after that, my, my next convention is actually in Dublin, so uh, you're welcome to come over to to Dublin and attend NomCon. That's the last weekend in August. But I understand if you might not be able to. Can I hop a ride on Oscar's Evangelion? <laughs> uh, that would be swell, wouldn't it? But, uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, or just, just one of those uh, giant Angry Bird slingshots, maybe. You know, yeah, it would be a very, very large slingshot. That is true. Or a giant eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, let's see, in, uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I know in October I have one that's in Pensacola. So, uh, got a few more coming up this year. And, of course, uh, you know, if you want to see me at a convention near you, then just contact them and tell them that you must bring Tiffany Grant here. We must bring Tiffany Grant to Sugoicon in November. Yeah, let's see. Oh, that's right, um, Louisville. I'm going to a convention in Louisville, Kentucky, so that's not very far from Ohio. People could reasonably go from Cincinnati. Well, we got to get you at Sugoi Con, though, in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, because that's the con that you want to go to. As soon as they invite me, I will be right there. But um, let's, hope the, let's hope the public relations guy for Sugoi Con is listening. And then, uh, oh, and Bonsai Con, which is in Columbia, South Carolina. That's in October. So I, I have a few coming up, and... Uh, you know, I can always add in more. Yeah, and maybe, just maybe, she'll wear her plug suit. <laughs> it's big maybe. Don't go promising the folks too much. No, 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 we'll just get you the yellow sundress. Or the, uh -huh. you know, well, I don't know about the bikini. That might be a little too much. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, uh, we, one thing we ask every guest on our show who's in the voice acting industry is um, we, we come from the College Conservatory of Music here at the University of Cincinnati. A lot of theater majors, drama majors, vocal majors. What advice can you give my audience for those who want to pursue a career in voice acting? Well, first of all, if they're already enrolled there and pursuing that kind of education, I would say they're definitely on the right track. And uh, that's that's usually the best advice. I, well, I think it's good advice anyway. I'm a genius. Um, 
yeah, to just get as much training and, and education and experience as you can and also to start wherever you are. So, you know, seek out your in Cincinnati. So there are obviously opportunities to do things in Cincinnati. Um, you know, as far as, like, specifically doing anime voiceovers, it's an extremely narrow market, and there's only a few places where that kind of work is done. That's going to be um, the Dallas area, Houston, New York, and L.A., and that's it. So you would have to live in one of those places to do that specific work. But I would say leading up to that or working towards that, any kind of acting experience that you have is is going to be a big help to you. And really, I think the two most important techniques or um, areas of study that I think are the most useful in voice acting, and particularly in anime voice acting, one, hold reading. I don't know if it's possible to suddenly become great at cold reading, but it is, I think, the number one skill that you need to be proficient at as a voice actor because you've never seen this script before and you're about to have to perform this with, you know, the full amount of intention and emotion and feeling as if, you know, you've just been rehearsing a play for the last four weeks. It has to have all of that behind it, and you just now read it for the very first time. So cold reading, and the other thing is improvisation. And the reason that that's important, well, really important for any kind of acting, but uh, in in voice work, in dubbing, the script changes all the time. <laughs> it was too short. It was too long. Oh, we just realized there's a slight pause there, and we're having to rework the whole line. So you have to be willing to uh, just adapt, change and adapt, work on the fly, and, and that's where that improvisation training really makes you feel comfortable with those um, spur-of-the-moment changes. So, you know, I've been asked many times about, well, kind of going back to your earlier question about preparing for an audition or preparing to, to do a voice job, and the thing is, if you even if you could get that script in advance, I don't know that there's that much of an advantage to doing that because it will change. So if you're sitting there and reading it and studying it and you're trying so hard to memorize it and think about exactly how you're going to deliver this line and that line, eh, it doesn't matter because it'll probably change. So I really think uh, if that's something that people have an eye towards as as a a drama student, an acting student, theater major, what have you. Um, yeah, there's cold reading and improvisation. But other than that, just, you know, working on general acting. It's, it's all about the acting. But the acting, improv! Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Okay, well, that, that is some, some solid advice, and I, I feel like my audience, of course, benefits off of that. And, and again, that's why I wanted to have you on my show, because you are just this incredible talent that has been in the business for, for a good long time. Uh, I believe, uh, what, 1994 is when you started, maybe? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, over 18 years now. So Almost 20. Considering the age of some of your listeners there, just about the entirety of their lives. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, hey, age Oh, my God. Age okay. is nothing but a number. Right. Okay, well, before we go, we've got a couple listener questions. Uh, okay. Our first question comes from little Oscar, like little tiny Oscar. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite convention you've been to? And aside from Oscar, which character have you been able to bond with the most out of the ones you've played? Ooh, that, that is a fantastic question. Uh, as for the first part about a favorite convention... Gosh, that is so hard to say. I just was going over my list right before I got on the phone with you, and uh, as near as I can tell, I've been a guest at 184 conventions, plus a few other conventions where I've, you know, been an attendee or a dealer or something like that. Ah, that that is really hard for me to say, which is my favorite one. Um a lot of times I think of uh, Kauai Con in Hawaii because I met Yuko Miyamura there. That was the very first time I got to meet her. She is the original voice of Asuka. And since we met, that was a little over four years ago, we've become uh, good friends. And we've gotten to meet and uh, go to conventions and socialize together. So... I guess for me, that's probably my favorite convention experience. But I always feel like when people ask me, what's your favorite convention, they don't really care that much what my favorite convention is. They're asking because it will help them decide where they should go. And I can tell you honestly that my personal convention experiences have zero bearing on what the average person will do or wants to do going to a convention. I go to bed early at conventions. I don't go to the rave. I don't go to the karaoke. I don't go to the cosplay. So all that stuff that your listeners want to do at conventions, I don't do any of that. (laughs) But that was my favorite uh, convention experience. And another character that I bonded with besides Asuka, gosh, I feel kind of like uh, I have a bond with most of them in some way. But, uh, you know, the character of uh, Kim Hotal was the character I played in Razathon. And uh, I remember feeling very, very close to her when we were working on that TV series. So just off the top of my head, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. I care about I care about what your favorite con is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not try, we're not trying to get you to to plug it so someone can can try to get you there. And, and, and well, I don't, well, you you should hit the rave seat a little more, Tiffany. The the strobe lights. And the... I have zero interest in that. And if there were a number that were less than zero, like a negative amount, that would be how much interest I have in it. A negative amount of interest. No interest. What, they're giving away three suitcases full of money? I'll go for five minutes. But no, I have no interest. Yeah, those raves can get pretty uh, headache-inducing after a few minutes. you got 
the pulsating beats, and they're so loud you, can, you, you can't even actually hear yourself thinking. Not that that's a bad thing, mind you, but just yeah. you know, just it's just someone's personal preference. If you don't like raves, don't like raves. You know, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather hit the hay a little early myself. Uh, don't like the raves, but if you guys want to talk to me at conventions, I will talk to you. <laughs> just don't talk to her at the raves. <laughs> no, not at the raves because I will not be there. I will be asleep. Our next question is a uh, two-part question, and it, it doesn't involve a character, but we'll save it for the second question. The first question is from Boo Man Shu. Does she? Do you find any similarities between yourself and Asuka? A lot. <laughs> I think we're both very loud and opinionated, and you know there must be some reason that all those people kept coming into Matt and saying, "Hey." Tiffany's playing Oscar, right? <laughs> so, sadly, I have to say yes. Yeah, and this one is a, a voice request. Uh, he wants me to ask Oscar some, or give Oscar a letter. Here's the letter, dear Oscar. I've always wanted to tell you that, despite all your acting high and mighty, which may come off as mean and condescending, underneath it all, you are misunderstood. I want you to know that I want to try to understand you, and I respect you for being independent, and that everything will be all right. Yeah. Aww, I think that's adorable. Yeah, more more like upstuck and conceited. That was very sweet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm surprised we made it through the entire interview with no German. Wow. Oh gosh. Well, there is. Do you like a little German? Yeah, sure, why not? It's usually not very nice. Uh, well, it's, it's fine. I got something for. I, I actually got something to say to Oscar Langley. Okay. All right. Oscar Langley, shut up! God, he missed. What? God, he missed. What? Speaking German? What? No English? What? Oh gosh! Oh gosh! This this was a lot of fun. Got some got some frustration out. Good, good. Mm -hmm. It's always good when you get some frustration out. Well, Tiffany, I, I gotta say thank you so much for being on the show. This is truly awesome, guys. Check her out and all these great shows. Yes, there's still some Neon Genesis out there. Check it out. Uh, check out the new movie, and hopefully in the near future we'll get some more information on 3.0. Now with Pop Up Blocker, and I hope to see you at a convention real soon, and I hope you keep doing what you do best, kicking ass in voice acting. Thank you. And again, folks, this is the Dale Show, and until next time, if there's any one character to work on, the character inside yourself is the best. Good night, everybody!